When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Must win may be my favorite nothing personal word of the day in a long time. It is Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Must win. That's what analysts say. This is a must win game. When you've lost game one at home in a five game series, you must win game two. Well, what game, in your opinion, is not a must win in the playoffs. Is the definition of a not must win game, a game that if you lose, you still are playing baseball or basketball the next day. So every football playoff game is a must win. So that's, it's not used in the NFL. Game sevens are must wins, but they don't even describe that as a must win. But that feels like the most of the must wins would be a game seven. I think any elimination game, let's change it. Let's say that the only way that we will use must win is when your team is going to be eliminated. The Braves lost game one at home to the Philadelphia Phillies. All Philly has to do is win two out of the next four to eliminate the defending World Series champions. You never want to lose two games at home and then go on the road when you're down 2 nothing, and the home team just has to win one out of two. What road team could ever win two games in a row? Oh, wait a minute. If a home team loses the first two games, that means the road team won two games in a row. Last night was not a must-win game for the Braves. We don't go into the clubhouse and whisper in the corners after losing game one. We have to win game two. We're the road team in a series. You lose game one and you say we've Got to win game two so we can get the split that we needed in the first two games of a series as the road team. Or when the home team wins game one like the Yankees did, do they go into tonight's game saying it's a must-win game because we can't let the Guardians get the split? The Guardians say it's a must-win game. We have to get the split. Nope. No more. 
We are not using the term must win. So we're making it our nothing personal word of the day. Then we're defining what it means and only using it under the terms of the new definition going forward. You will not hear me say, and I'm going to be on CBS Sports HQ all playoffs, going to be doing nothing personal episodes throughout the playoffs. If you catch me saying it's a must-win game when a team is not facing elimination, call me out. Old habits die hard. I've been saying must-win all through the years, exactly in the circumstances I just laid out to you. And I realize, as we were talking about today's show, it's totally ridiculous. So Philly wins game one. Last night, there's a game after a three-hour rain delay where I was just picturing how angry the commissioner's office was trying to figure out, oh, God, now we've got two games side by side, but we've got to play the game. We were going to have the Dodgers-Padres separate from the Braves-Phillies. Now the Braves-Phillies are only starting an hour earlier than the Dodgers-Padres. You can't watch two at once unless you have two TVs. We certainly have broadcasters who wanted total separation but we can't not play the game because then there's no off days for four games in a row just a total nightmare baseball is interesting to me because it is a sport that you plan all of these times and it's subject to something you don't control so bizarre can you imagine right in the nba when there's a finals game that's supposed to start at 8 22 p.m and hey Sorry, it's going to start at 11.22 p.m. Something happened. I once talked about the possibility of putting retractable roofs, roofs? A retractable roof on every facility. That MLB would be well served spending money the way the NFL does to build stadiums for its teams through their G4 loan program. I always thought it made sense for MLB to do the same thing. MLB would not because when we asked them for money to build a stadium in Miami, their response was, if we give it to you, then we have to give it to everyone. And my response was, and why doesn't that make sense? Shouldn't that be the job of the league to avoid delays, to avoid rainouts? And in the playoffs, it guarantees time of game. So it all makes sense to me. So Atlanta, they sit around. I used to like rain delays. I'd go in the clubhouse during rain delays. And I'd play cards, sit in the manager's office. The players would eat. We would make sure that we had food that was not heavy that the chef would prepare during rain delays. So if the players wanted, some players' stomachs can handle salads close to a game. Some players can only eat like grilled cheese sandwiches or certain things that that will not upset their tummies. So we would have a list and we'd know which players like what and when they like to eat, how many hours before the game, et cetera. And when you don't have a specified start time, it's very difficult for players to do their pregame routine, which is why yesterday you saw pretty early that the game was going to start at 730 because that gave all the players, which is three hours late, it was supposed to be 430. It gives all the players the ability to do what they like to do prior to a game, whether it's eating. Some players like to eat after BP, then they do a shower, a second shower. Uh, before the game starts. Every every player does something different. But during the rain delay, when we would have them, we'd spend the time sometimes just sitting around the kitchen and eating, other times in the manager's office talking strategy, sitting with the GM and thinking about your roster and things that you can do, or gossiping about the other team, or gossiping about executives on other teams, all sorts of things to pass the time. But what we would make sure is that we are in constant communication with the pitching coach and the starting pitcher. 
and in constant communication with Major League Baseball. Because during the playoffs, it is Major League Baseball who's in charge of rain delays, period. During the regular season, the home team is in charge of rain delays until the last game of a series, in which case it's the umpires. But guess what? The umpires defer to the home team. So we were always in charge as a home team. And the most you ask for on the road is for little communication. But come postseason, nope. The home team is not in charge. The road team is not in charge. The umpires are not in charge, even though that's what you're told the umpires are in charge. It's central baseball. They're coordinating with their own weather people that are coordinating with the broadcasters and the broadcasting department of MLB and figuring it out, but they recognize that having a set time is what's best for the game and the broadcasters. So the game starts, the reason why you don't start a game, and this could come up tonight in New York when there's bad weather, and you've got Nestor Cortez going against Justin Bieber. That's funny. How many times am I gonna do that? Why? Four, six, nine. So tonight with the Yankees in New York, you have Nestor Cortez going against Shane Bieber, and there is a weather issue in New York. There could be constant rain starting, let's say, at 4 p.m., and you're looking for a window. Because during the regular season, sometimes the home teams, I've done this, where you'll manipulate the weather as best as possible. I can't make it rain, but I can certainly say, hey, we think we have a window to start, get your pitcher warmed up, and then all of a sudden it rains an hour later and the best pitcher gets burned because we know there's then gonna be a two hour rain delay. So one of the things that we can do in gamesmanship is start and stop and start and stop. We have the advantage to know that we're not gonna warm up our best pitcher when we know we're doing a start stop and we hope the other team does. And we would warm up our pitchers in places where they wouldn't be seen so the other team couldn't figure out who was warming up. We don't do it in the bullpen out, we would do it underneath the tunnel. But in any case, in postseason, you really don't like mid-game rain delays because it screws with the integrity of the game when you lose your starting pitcher. And it is rare for a team to want to bring back a pitcher after a lengthy rain delay. Sometimes you do, but it is very rare. So MLB has to decide what they're gonna do with, with the Yankees tonight, just like they decided what they did with the Braves. So Kyle Wright comes out and he's going against the former Mets pitcher, Zach Wheeler. Hey, Mets fans out there, were you watching Zach Wheeler pitch last night? That big contract that he got from Philly. Were you thinking to yourself, my God, why couldn't we have kept him? Why couldn't he perform that way in New York? And then you watch Syndergaard pitch an inning out of the bullpen. Were you thinking the same thing? I always wonder whether fans do what executives say they don't do, but they all do, which is look back on players they've let go and see how they're doing. I would always tell people when I was working in baseball, I never do that. I never look back. I don't pay attention. Whenever we trade a player, I don't even think about that. But I was absolutely not telling you the truth. I focused on it. I would keep a list of players who were traded away. I would know exactly when they were pitching or when they were playing. I would look at a box score or watch a game of a former player just to keep tabs. Nine times out of 10 rooting against the player, unless that player had been a friend, in which case rooting for the player like Cody Ross with the Giants during the postseason. Of course, I was rooting for him to win the MVP the way he did. So anyway, you've got Kyle Wright coming out last night. Winning teams win because they know how to develop players and they know when to call them up 
when to send them down, when to pull them from a game, when to give them confidence, when to give them grief. The biggest failing I had as an executive was prematurely calling players up who weren't, who weren't ready. In addition, when we did have players called up and they had a bad start or a bad stretch, we would make them uncomfortable with the threat of being sent down, which is never good for a pitcher's confidence. Sometimes we ruin pitchers' careers because we did it so wrong. The Braves, as a winning organization, do it so right. Pun intended. Kyle Wright is the winningest pitcher in Major League Baseball this year. He even got a start in the World Series last year. But one of the crazy things is that he was now, he, excuse me one second. He was now made into a premium ace-like starter and given the latitude to show it. All of you say wins don't matter. Okay. 21 wins matters to me. Going six innings last night, having a start in the playoffs that Maddox and Smoltz never had, six innings, three hits or fewer. I couldn't believe that stat when I read it. It was a must-win game for the Braves, and they won. It wasn't really must-win. Braves won. Phillies won. Phillies get the, get the split, and the Phillies should be very happy. When you get a split on the road the way we did in every road series that we played in the playoffs, you're happy, though you look at yourself and you say, hey, the top of our lineup, Schwarber, Hoskins, Castellanos, they've got like four hits and 50 at-bats. They are not playing well, but it doesn't matter this time of year. I can't possibly overstate this enough. No front office is looking at a player and saying, my God, he's 0 for 16 like Schwarber is. We're going we're gonna to sit him. We're going to not hit him at the top of our lineup. You do not make decisions like that in the middle of a postseason. You are going with your lineup. That is your lineup. If Schwarber goes 0 for 42, he's going to play in the next game. If the Phillies keep winning and Schwarber and Hoskins can't get hits, it doesn't matter. They keep winning. So for all the analytics talk about all the things that matter, when you have to win because it's a must win, all that matters is you do win. Postseason continues today, every day. Pretty good, right? How did the Padres feel? Who do you want to win, Padres or Dodgers? I think I'd want to see the Dodgers win because I think it'll be a better championship series with the Dodgers in it. I'd like to see the Dodgers and the Braves and Freeman against Olsen, etc. But the Padres are not a bad team. They got the split they needed. They got the win. But they're not going to win the series. Okay, let's move on to the second part of the show. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425, right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. 
new customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. One of the best things about Nothing Personal is that we just are live. So things happen during the course of a show. And Coca, as the producer, is looking for stories, looking to see what's happening. And all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a show and we don't have a we don't have a prompter. We don't have anything other than him in my ear and him on the document. And sometimes stuff happens. And then I get a little flustered, even though it shows 677. And someone happened to tag me in a tweet while we're recording, and I got so distracted I couldn't even toss us to break properly. Coke is yelling in my ear, go to break, go to break. And I'm saying, what? Must win is the word of the day. We haven't gotten to the movie part yet. I'm not ready to go to a break. We have to go to a break. Holy cow, are you ready for the news of the day? Breaking right now. Danny boy. The rest of the show, cancel it, Coca. We're going all in on the Washington Commanders. ESPN just released a bombshell right now. Let me sum it up for you. Danny Boy's got a problem. The problem Danny Boy has is that the only reason he still owns a team is that there have not been enough owners willing to vote him out. Because if you had the votes, you would go vote him out. So what Danny Boy's been doing to make sure he doesn't get voted out is making sure that the people who may vote him out don't vote him out because if they do vote him out, then he's going to get them voted out. There's nothing like a scare tactic to get yourself safe. This is like Watergate stuff. Apparently Dan Snyder, and this is all alleged, but when there's smoke, there's fire. What do you do when you're backed into a corner and you're a kid? Either you crumple up in the fetal position, sucking your thumb, or you fight like hell to get out of the corner and you double and triple down. Well, Danny got together with Tani and they said, how about we do a little fighting? Is it possible that Daniel Snyder has actually hired private investigators to trail owners and that he's got files the way the government has files on people and he's got files on other owners that could bring them down? Can you imagine following Robert Kraft around all day? Can you imagine following Jerry Jones around all day? Can you imagine you being followed around all day? Sometimes I think about that. I think about my grandfather up in heaven to the extent that that exists. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know what my grandpa's doing, but he's doing something. And if it's possible that he watches me 24 hours a day, oi, wouldn't want that. Not that I'm doing anything so outrageous, but still, do you really need to see someone with their pants, pants around their ankles? That, that's a bathroom reference, like go to the bathroom, I have a bad stomach, not anything else. Okay. So here's what ESPN is saying. And if any of this, not all of it, if any of it is true, Daniel Snyder is going full Sarver. 
he will have to announce that he's selling the team. And finally, the Washington Commanders will be under new ownership. This could be it. Don't screw with the people who have the votes to get you kicked out. Don't do it. Snyder has apparently gathered enough secrets to, quote, blow up several NFL owners and Roger Goodell. We've often joked that, wow, he must have pictures of Goodell with a goat. Insert whatever name you like there. When there were players who got things from an owner, we would say, wow, that player must have something on the owner. Or when there's an owner who gets something from the commissioner's office, wow, the owner must have something on the commissioner or the commissioner's office. This is absolutely standard in sports. All the owners pretend that they like each other, but they don't. All the owners pretend that they root for each other, but they don't. All owners pretend that they want what's in the best interest of the league, but they don't. Owners are interested in themselves, their team. That's it. Two things. So am I shocked to hear that Snyder said the NFL is a mafia, that all owners hate each other, that they can't F with me? Not at all. ESPN called the commanders for a comment and boy, they had to whip one into shape and I mean hurry. And the best they could come up with, I mean, what are you gonna do, right? The best you come up with is you say, hold on, where is a coca? It's a good one. Oh, there it is, I got it. You deny it. <laughs> you deny that Snyder is hired or authorized a private investigator to track another team's owner or league office executives. You say it's categorically false. You say there's no dossiers compiled on any owners. But guess what? There are. How do I know this for sure? Because I've been in a game for 18 years on the other side, on the ownership side as a team president, and I've paid close attention to what people do when they own teams. I've paid close attention to what league offices do. I've paid close attention to what I do. Did I have files on people? Absolutely not. I'm too smart to ever write anything down in that regard. But do I know things about people? And do they know that I know things? Do I know that people know things about me? Do they know that I know that they know? Yes. And is it just me? No. This is the currency of business. Lest you think it's only sports, may I remind you that this goes on in your office. This goes on in your home, in your relationship. Do you keep track when someone in your house does something you don't want them to do, whether it's leaving dishes in the sink or going out with guys when they're not out with guys and they're out with girls? Are you keeping track and saying, I'm gonna hold that off? I'm gonna file that away for another moment. It's like a get out of jail free card. Are you familiar with that from Monopoly? Get out of jail free card is when you can use it anytime when you're in deep, deep doo-doo and you need to become free. You show the card and the door opens and you walk away. 
You don't think that Daniel Snyder knew that at some point he was going to be in Monopoly-style jail and that he was going to have to have some sort of card? And what the big boys do is their card has to do with someone else. Seems normal, right? But why is this such a big deal today right now? Because this is a concerted effort by the NFL to try to get the votes to get Snyder gone. What the NFL is going to do today is quietly, Roger Goodell will speak to a bunch of owners. He'll call up Jerry and say, hey, Jerry, how bad is it? Thoughts? What could he have? A massage parlor? Does he have you making personnel decisions while you're the GM? Does he have you doing anything with any employees? Does he have you doing any calendars? Anything sex-related? Anything race-related? Let's go through the things you've done. Trust me, Jerry, just tell me I won't tell anyone. And he calls up the next owner, has the same conversation. What you can't have as a league is a surprise. If Daniel Snyder has been following every owner or hiring people to follow, if he's got dossiers on every owner, if he has enough to quote unquote blow up the league and blow up the owners, first you've got to have a come to Jesus meeting with the owners, not with Danny, to find out what he could have. It happened to me. Someone called one day and said, hey, we've got something that's going to get you kicked out of the game. I told the story on a COVID levitard one time, or maybe it was on a mailbag episode. But someone called from the media and said, we've got a story and that'll be the end of Samson. Well, it turns out the story was not accurate, not true, and it wasn't the end of me. But I certainly was asked by the owner, the PR people, and the commissioner's office whether it was true. Because if it had been true, I'm either going to die with the lie, I'm going to fight like a man cornered. But if they've got proof and I know I did something, then what am I going to do? I'm going to say, I resign. I never resigned. The NFL is going to frantically work together to figure out how serious this situation could be. But the way this backfires for Danny Boy is that if he doesn't have what he says he has, he's going to get voted out. If he does have what he says he has, he's going to sell. Why am I saying with such authority that Danny Snyder is done in the NFL? The reason I'm saying that is when you declare war on your league and on your fellow owners, it's a matter of when, not if, you will not be amongst them. It doesn't mean it'll be today or tomorrow. It could be in a year. But there is a point of no return that has now been reached with Danny Snyder and the other owners, and there is no chance coming back to it. One of the things that Danny Snyder is being talked about, he's supposed to be not running the team. I told you on nothing personal, he is running the team. The NFL knows he's running the team. That's not such a big deal. Danny Snyder wouldn't go testify before Congress because he was on his yacht in France. He's not the only owner who does that. Danny Snyder is on his phone making decisions about the team. He's not the only owner who does that. Why is Snyder such a target? Because they can't stand him. 
and this is the reason. How many owners have information about other owners? Give me a count, 32. How many owners talk about it? Danny Snyder. I'm not all for convention and for following the pack and for doing what somebody else does or for being led over a cliff. But when you're part of an exclusive club, there are rules of that club. And if you don't like the rules, then don't be in the club. And I'm fine with that. I'm not talking about no Jews allowed. I'm talking about the way you operate when you are the owner of a team. I mean, this, this article is just unbelievable. There's an owner saying that Snyder directly told him that he's got dirt on Jerry Jones. Okay. One of the things that and the NFL is going to have to deal with is how do they get the commanders back? Every day we're reading stuff. It's great content for nothing personal. Just this week, we had Ron Rivera with an issue with Carson Wentz, and then they had to walk it back. There's just always something going on. When they hired Wright as their president, they thought that that would have been the start of maybe a better run team. And the thing with Jason Wright is he may, he may likely not have any power to do anything. While he's shown to be powerful, he's African-American. While Ron Rivera is shown to be powerful, he's Hispanic. And now the NFL can say, hey, look, Danny Boy's not racist. Danny Boy's not sexist. We have women. We've got people of color. We're great. It's really still Danny Boy doing everything. The example given in this article made me laugh. Danny Boy took over trying to get a new stadium for the Washington Command Skins. It's a joke. An owner can't do it. That was my job. You think that's Jason Wright's job. You think that an owner, Daniel Snyder, is going to meet with all the different commissioners and all the different people in politics in order to figure out votes and to get a deal done? You think those politicians want to meet with Snyder? They've already said they won't do business with him. It's all laughable to me. I like it. I like this whole story, Coca. Here's what I think we're going to get to cover tomorrow. There's going to be a change and a response. So the NFL cannot just let this story go without responding, and they're going to have to figure out how to do it. I've already told you what they're going to do. They're going to meet with each owner, and they're going to talk about who's got what and where and just confirm it before they go out and say, hey, Jerry Jones is a perfectly great citizen. No one could have anything on him. Owners, I would go right to my owner and say, hey, no comment here. Don't you say that I'm not worried at all about Snyder because if I know you the way you know you, if I knew you, I wouldn't say that. So that's getting all your ducks in a row. Then you're going to have a public response from the NFL. It will come in the form of likely a statement, not from Goodell, but from an NFL spokesman. I don't want Goodell's name associated with the fact that Daniel Snyder is saying that he can bring down Goodell. So my advice would be it would come from an NFL spokesperson. Then you'd have the response from Snyder to the response from the NFL. This is content heaven. By the way, I don't like the fact that Snyder's saying the NFL is a mafia. I don't like that. There's no killing. We never wanted to kill each other. Presidents, we were just competitive. We just didn't like each other. There's no killing involved. Coca, that's something. Danny boy. You know, the mafia commits crimes. How's this for a transition? 
It's not a crime what these NFL owners do or MLB owners do or presidents. It's just in the name of competition. Crime is when you do something that is illegal. Like what Devontae Adams did. I'm bringing up Devontae Adams because I can't let this show end and we still have time, but I can't let it end without saying something. Devontae Adams has a pristine reputation. He's not one of the players, as far as I remember, Coca, where there's been a bunch of arrests and a bunch of DUIs and a bunch of sexual assaults and a bunch of deviant behavior. I mean, other than not staying with Green Bay, but that's not deviant behavior. That's just leaving Aaron Rodgers. So he goes to play for the Las Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders have struggled because they're going to struggle. And then on the way after the game, on the way back into the locker room, he pushed a photographer. Go see the video if you didn't see it. Totally unprovoked. The photographer was walking to do his job, and Devontae Adams pushed him, and the photographer fell down, and Devontae Adams kept walking. Well, guess what? The photographer filed a police report. And guess what? Devontae Adams has now been charged with assault. So let me explain to you what assault is. Don't touch anyone. It's very easy. You don't have to go to law school. Don't touch anyone who doesn't want to be touched and make sure they're very clear. Like when you're walking by and you see someone and they say, hey, push me. All right, can I get that in writing? Then I'll push you. Other than that, I'm not touching you. Misdemeanor assault is not the end of the world in terms of losing your freedom. It's not that Devontae Adams is going to have a jury trial and a jury of his peers is going to sentence him to six months or a year in prison. I do not believe that's going to happen at all. It's just another example of players in pads acting as though, or athletes in general, acting as though that the world and the rule of law does not apply to them, whether they're on the field or off the field. And I've had just about enough. Now, the guy who was pushed is claiming what the lawyers tell him to claim. Oi, my head hurts. Oi, I've got a concussion. Oi, I can't have coital relationships with my wife. Oi, I need money. I get it. That's what people do. That's what lawyers tell you to do. He has a possible minor concussion. This is all stuff that the state can use as proof of assault. But more importantly, what this guy's doing, the photographer who got shoved, He's going to sue Adam civilly for pain, suffering, emotional distress, and there's going to have to be a settlement. That cannot happen until this criminal situation has taken place because you do not advise your client to settle something civilly until the criminal has taken care of itself. The criminal case. When you have a situation with a player who does something like that, you have to be extremely careful. You go talk to your player immediately because there was video everywhere and you have to tell your player to apologize. And that's what Devonte Adams did, saying the shove was just frustration and the guy literally ran in front of me. Nope, you didn't prep Devonte Adams well enough. Where are the PR people? Where are the lawyers for these teams and these players? When you give a statement after you've done something wrong, be very quick and short. I was wrong. I was frustrated. That's no excuse. Done. Statement over. 
Don't say he ran right in front of me. He had it coming to him. He was in my space. I had a direct line to the locker room, and man, I had to go to the bathroom. No one cares. That's not what assault is. Then we'd have to go to our coach and say, all right, we got a decision to make. Are we releasing the player? If the player stinks and this happens, you release the player. Oh, it's Devontae Adams. We can't release him. We got to do one better. We have to support him. Well, it's not a sexual crime, and it's not like he was DUI. It's not any sort of assault. There's no misogyny. There's no racism. It was just a simple misdemeanor assault. He's such a good player. You know what? Let's support him. So Josh McDaniels, the coach of the Raiders, said, we obviously don't want any of our guys to be doing anything like that. He knows that. He's well aware of that. But I know the person. I don't think there was any intent behind it on his part. We should have workshopped that, Josh. That's really not your job to say whether there was intent because you don't know. And intent may or may not be part of the charge here. Does there have to be intent? That could be an issue on the civil side. That could be an issue on the criminal side as well. Don't use big words and statements like that. Why not just say that we don't want our guys to be doing that? Our guys should know better. We run an organization, a first-class organization, where we have respect for people doing their job. We have respect for fans who have the right to watch a game and pay to watch us do our job, and we need to be better. Done. That's not calling out to Adams. That's not excusing his behavior. That's not getting in the way of any civil or criminal complaint or trial or case. It is just saying we're going to protect our player because he's good. So this Devontae Adams situation is not going to go away, unfortunately. But I can tell you very simply, don't worry. He's not going to lose his freedom. I will give you a wait to see about Devontae Adams because the NFL is going to have to deal with this. It's in the back burner after this Daniel Snyder situation of this morning. But Devontae Adams, wait to see. He's going to be suspended by the NFL. It's going to be a one-game suspension. The NFL has got to clean up its act. They cannot be known as these as a league of players, all of whom have concussions, all of whom are violent, physical, and crazed. You don't want the perception of players being like animals backed into a corner fighting their way out. You want to reserve that for owners. Nothing personal pick of the day. We had the Braves and the Dodgers yesterday. We told you the Braves won that game. That was a must win. <laughs> that joke's not going to get old for me. The Dodgers did not have a must win. The Padres did not have a must win. And the Padres ended up beating the Dodgers while you may have been sleeping last night or watching the Phillies Braves game. So we went one and one. We're 117 and 91. I am excited for today's two games. And I want to tell you what to look for and what the pick is. Luis Castillo, that Luis Castillo, you remember him, the one who's pitching game two, the one who was traded from the Reds to the Mariners, the one who was traded from the Marlins to the Reds, the one who everyone said, that's the worst trade you ever made, Dave, and I said, no way, man, I made way worse trades than that one. Well, Castillo is trying to get the road split today in Houston, trying to help his team recover from that historic walk-off two days ago, except the Astros have someone named Framber Valdez pitching, who you may not have heard of, except he's better than Luis Castillo. The lineup is still better than the Mariners lineup. 
the Astros will go up two games to nothing. That's the pick of the day. I'm not going to give you a pick in the Yankees-Guardians game, but I will say it should be an interesting game. All right. I watch a movie every day, and I get to review, even if it's out of order, even if we took a weird break today because of the breaking story with Danny Boy Snyder. But I did watch a movie yesterday that I wanted to talk about briefly with you, and it's called Mr. Harrington's Phone. It stars Jaden Martell. Coca, didn't we uh, review Metal Lords with Jaden Martell? I think we did. I think you told me to watch it, and I loved it. And it has Donald Sutherland in the movie. Here's what this movie's about. It's on Netflix. Sum it up quickly for you. There's an old man in the sea. (laughs) No, in the mansion. There's an old man in a mansion, lives alone. All he has are his gardeners and his housekeepers. And he's very, very lonely. And he meets a boy. No, no, it doesn't get weird. The boy reads to him. Reads all of these books, like real books, major books, Crime and Punishment, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, Old Man in the Sea. And he reads to him three times a week. And the little boy has no money, and the old man has a lot of money. And then the little boy grows up and still reads to him. And then Donald Sutherland croaks. So tell me how this works. When you die, how can you possibly text someone? If there's any chance of letting me know that, I would like to know. But in this movie, Donald Sutherland is texting Jaden Martell, or is he? Well, when Stephen King is the author of the short story that this movie is adapted from, then you never know what's gonna happen. I like this movie, not because I suspended disbelief and thought that it's possible that someone's dead could text, or maybe they're not dead, which is how they're texting. There's some sort of supernatural thing happening. I liked it because there was a theme and there was a moral. And the moral of the story is, Be careful of your phone. Be careful of the world that is changing because of your phone, the way that you are interacting with the world because of your phone. And it's a concept that we've talked about many, many times before. The phones have become an extension of our arms. They are the most important thing in our possession. It's the one thing we don't lose. Remember in the, when phones first started at the end of a bar night, the bar on the bar, there'd be 10 phones that people left and lost. You go to a restaurant, nightclub, anywhere, there was like a factory of phones. Ah, oh, crikeys, I lost my phone again. Does anyone lose their phone anymore? Do you ever leave the house without your phone? Oh, I gotta go back and get my phone and how rare that is. You check for that before you check that you're wearing underwear but the phone has a chance to do things to us. And we've talked about social media, we've talked about the power of the phone, having it with you, the power of not being present, the power of changed behavior. Mr. Harrington's phone is very interesting in that regard. You should go check it out. Well, tomorrow is Thursday. What is today, Coca? Today is Thursday. Wait a minute, the Commanders are playing tonight. Oh, it's so good. Amazon must be so happy. Who are the Commanders playing? I'm sure they're playing another really good team. It's gonna be a very exciting game. Oh, can we just do a quick segment on this? The Commanders and Bears, there's huge news. 
and the NFL is speaking to Amazon right now. Right now. Well, it's too early in the morning. But today they're going to talk. And then the announcers, Al Michaels, what, who is it? Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet? Are they the announcers for Amazon? I can't keep track anymore. But let's just pretend they are. You don't think that they're going to be told in advance what they can talk about and what they can't talk about as it relates to the story today on ESPN about Daniel Snyder and the Commanders. I can't wait to not watch the game, but now I have to watch the game, but maybe the Yankee game will be rained out and then I can watch the Commanders game because I don't have PIP and I don't have multiple Will Middlebrooks type TVs, so I have no choice but to choose. And if I go back and forth, I end up seeing nothing of anything. Like I totally missed Syndergaard pitching last night because I was watching the Dodgers Padres during that part. But in any case, will the commanders be discussed off the field? Or are they going to stick to talking about Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz and what happened? Or are they just going to talk about the game? It's going to be fascinating. Guess what? Al Michaels will not mention what happened with ESPN today. It will not come out of his mouth that there is a dossier on owners and that owners are being followed and that he's got enough to take down Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell, and everyone else. Nada, not a word, I promise you. Well, tomorrow, I gave you the wrong date. Tomorrow is the three-year anniversary of Nothing Personal. The first episode of Nothing Personal was on October 14th of 2019. We are three years tomorrow, Coca, and you still talk to me 50% of the time I call. That's not terrible. We're going to talk baseball. We'll see what followed up with the commander's story by tomorrow. And we're going to celebrate our anniversary in a very, very interesting way that we just haven't thought of yet. One thing has stayed true from episode one to episode now. It's just business. This is nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.